Hey, this is Mike and Tom from Ballpark Bros. You're listening to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio. Check us all out on fouraidradio.com. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, Extra Episode 31, Ranger Answers. Recorded on August 14th, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This extra episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, Zach. Hey, Eric. How's it going? It's going well. This is our third episode in the month of August. We've got one more to go. Our next episode will be episode 100. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and if Chris can get the script done, (laughs) (laughs) we should be good to go. I'm not sure if there's going to be any discussion on that episode. I think depending on the size of his script, it may just be a really fun crossover skit type of episode. So Mm. uh, we'll see what happens. Next couple weeks, we'll be doing some giveaways on our social media accounts and all that good stuff. So stay tuned as we head into the episode 100 celebration. But first, this episode, we got a bunch of questions from Ask F. Also from our listeners. So we're going to answer questions from a wide range of topics like the future of the franchise, toys and collecting, stuff about the show and potential future adaptations, Power Morphicon, and some miscellaneous questions. So we're covering the full gamut here on Ranger Command. But a little piece of news. Uh, This is from Power Rangers Now. The Power Rangers movie fails to win anything at the Teen Choice Awards. Oh, this one hurts. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's understandable. They were going against some great movies. In yeah. fact, three of the categories that they were nominated in were dominated by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, I mean, come on. When you're going up against Guardians of the Galaxy, it's not a fair fight. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, that was such a great Marvel movie. So, for best sci-fi movie... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was the winner. Best Sci-Fi Actor, Chris Pratt. Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Best Sci-Fi Actress, Zoe Saldana, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Rita lost out Best Movie Villain to actor Luke Evans in Beauty and the Beast. And I'm sorry, but Rita would kill Gaston without even thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, that loss seems a little more painful than... than... I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Beauty and the Beast for what it was, a quick Mm -hmm. live-action cash grab, but the... The, That's exactly what it was. The fact that the actor who played Gaston, Luke Evans, won this award, ah, no, come on. We all know Rita is a way better villain. And best scene stealer, Camila Mendez from Riverdale. I've never watched Riverdale, but the scene stealer for me is R.J. Kyler as Billy. Oh, yeah. Come oh, on. yeah. He walked away with that movie, and we loved him for it. And, yeah, I don't watch Riverdale. I have no frame of reference, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
we do have some other news. Released today was images of the Legacy Green Ranger helmet, which will be coming out in February 2018. All of this is from Entertainment Earth. They also had press pictures of the Legacy Zeonizer, which is also coming out next February, and the Gold Zeo Power Staff. I think that was... Was that also February? Either way, it's going to be freaking expensive in a few months. Oh, yeah. On top of a PMC year. Oh, don't remind me. It's going to be so expensive. I know. Start saving now. So we got some great questions from our friend Chris at Toku Nation, but we also got a bunch of other questions from our listeners And I'm always amazed at the response we get on our social media when we ask our listeners for their opinions and our Ranger Nation answers question, and also when we give them the opportunity to ask us a question. So really, guys, episodes like this are all because of you, and obviously this is an extra episode, so also thanks to our Patreon supporters. So, this first topic are questions about regarding the future of the franchise. We're going to kick it off with Chris's question. He asks, Do you think another entertainment company should invest in another Toku property here in the U.S., i.e. Kamen Rider, Legend Hero, etc.? Or do you feel Power Rangers and the movie's lack of success has destroyed any chance of that ever happening in the future? My thing is... If the show is good enough, if it's marketable enough for products and licensing, I think another entertainment company should give one of these other properties a shot. I know Chris is big in the Legend Hero right now, and I've seen some YouTube clips, and it's got some amazing fights and stuff. You know, we've got live-action Garo series coming out on Blu-ray this year at some point. So... You know, and obviously with like Shout Factory doing these Sentai releases, I think Toku is more, at least is becoming a little bit more mainstream than it was maybe five years ago. So yeah, the Power Rangers formula worked well for Power Rangers. I don't see why another company couldn't give a different property a shot at maybe capturing that lightning in a bottle again. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing I think, though, is with Kamen Rider's attempts here in record first by Saban and then Dragon Knight. Oh, who's Dragon Knight again? Ardman Entertainment? It, it was Adnus Entertainment. Ad, okay, Adnus Entertainment. I think Ardman is an animation company. Anyway, but like both times just failed. <laughs> right. right. Um, and, and that's a shame because Kamen Rider is such a sister franchise to Sentai that it is quite a shock that Kamen Rider has not had a successful outing in the States. I think if a company like a Netflix or, well, maybe not a Netflix because they tend to do all their stuff in one go, but I think that if a company really tried with Kamen Rider, really gave it their all, they could have a very successful franchise on their hands. And the thing with Kamen Rider Dragon Knight, Ryuki was already like five or six years old at that point when they tried to adapt it. Yeah. And... The toys were just abysmal. I never bought any of them, but yeah, the toys were just bad. Common Rider Dragonite did have something going for it where 
they did have legendary Steve Wang behind the production. He's well known for Giver and some of the amazing props and creature effects that he's able to create. So the look of Dragon Knight was awesome. They had an original villain with Xaviax. There was some great effects. I think they did a good job blending the effects and they had some great action that was American made and Mm -hmm. it had that kind of that classic Power Rangers formula. They were filming in LA. It wasn't like a New Zealand location. It was on that CW kids show and that channel didn't do well at all. And Mm -hmm. I think they put the last couple episodes of Dragonite on their website and it wasn't even heavily advertised. So I think if you have a channel, a cable channel that's willing to support it or even a streaming service, and you have a company that really respects the material and has an amazing idea to localize it here in America and get some great licensing and product deals, I think someone could really do it again. It just depends on what they try to adapt. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think something like Legend Hero, and just from everything that Chris has told me, Legend Hero is deeply rooted in the dynasties and mythology of China. Uh So, to me, I think that would be a little hard to adapt some of those concepts for a Western audience. But Kamen Rider, I really think they could do something with Gaim or Drive. I would say it would probably be easier with Drive. I think Gaim has too much of a tie-in to the Sengoku era, and the concept of these samurai suits might be a little hard. Sure, I would say that. Then, yeah, then do Drive. You know, he's a cop. Yeah. He's like a superhero cop. Exactly. You could do Do, something like that. Do a series like Drive. Do a series like Fours. Do a series like... Hell, even Double would be a pretty great series. Something a little bit more universal. Right, but granted, of course, that source material is aging. You could do something like Ghost and just give it a better story and better characters. But that's just my opinion, so. Yeah, so I think it's possible. He had a follow-up question to this. Will Power Rangers ever reach their original popularity ever again? Fans thought the movie's release would usher in a new age, and it has, but not the age they were hoping for. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, Power Rangers is never going to reach that 1993 phenomenon and original popularity, it's never going to reach that height again. Yeah, the best we have is the nostalgia age, which we live in right now, which is where everything is MMPR, which the movie did add to that, but it didn't update it. It was still just thought of as nostalgia. Oh, how nostalgic they're remaking Power Rangers. When in reality, Power Rangers has been running fairly consistently since 1993. But yeah, I think that the age of everyone being excited. Oh man, Power Rangers is back and a new series coming out. That's gone. We can kiss that goodbye. But Mm -hmm. it's still always interesting to me when I see non-fandom people react like, oh wait, Power Rangers is still on the air? I thought that was canceled ages ago. Yeah. Just just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's it's off the air. Sure. The original popularity of MMPR, Power Rangers was everywhere in 1993 through 95. It was on the news, it was in the media, people were talking about it, kids across the country were watching it. It was like the number one highest rated kid show for afternoon shows. It was a powerhouse. And that's why we've been writing 25 years of show. It's because of that original popularity. I think the movie made Power Rangers relevant again to people who thought 
that it was gone since back then. The movie did great exposure for the franchise, but the movie and the show are different. If I were someone that was watching the movie and I only watched the original and I came back and I was like, oh, wow, Power Rangers. I remember that as a kid. And if I saw, oh, well, wait, they're on TV now. I'll just mm-hmm. check out this Ninja Steel or whatever on Nickelodeon and see what that is. And then you've got Rick and Monty in a trash bin. I didn't see that episode, but when you come back to quality like that, people aren't going to tune in. And as much as the movie did well in our eyes, it wasn't that big of a blockbuster. The success in the overall broad terms of media, like it was not extremely successful. It was successful to us as fans because we enjoyed it and we thought the box office numbers were decent enough, but in the law in the grand scheme of things, the box office numbers were not great. No, especially internationally, which a lot of people were counting on. Yeah. So will Power Rangers ever reach their original popularity ever again? No. Not gonna happen. Agreed. Juan Carlos Sanchez at Ranger Seven Orange asks, where do you see Power Rangers in the next five years, doing better, worse, or canceled? I want to say worse. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm going to go for, I think it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be the same as we have now. We're going to have this crappy, weird season deal with Nickelodeon for the foreseeable future. Do I want that? No, of course not. But I think that's what we're going to have. I think that we're just kind of stuck with the way Power Rangers is for the time being. Yeah, unless there's a major shift behind the scenes or Mm -hmm. with Saban Brands. And I want to clear something up. Like, I know these past couple episodes, it seems like we've been really, like, harping on Saban Brands and the franchise We're talking about the failures at San Diego Comic-Con last week. We were talking about Saban Entertainment's bad relationship with the Screen Actors Guild. And now it seems like we're bashing more. Uh To be clear, we are really passionate fans. And growing up as fans, you know, we've been exposed to other forms of media We've been in our professions where we know things could be done better. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we criticize is because we just want it to do better than it is. We want Power Rangers to reach that next level. I would happily be proven wrong if Power Rangers did reach that original popularity. I don't Mm -hmm. see it happening, but I don't know what's going to happen in the next five years. But just based on the current trends, what we've seen since Saban Brands has taken over the franchise again in 2011 with Samurai, that's already six years. We have a six-year track record already of what they've done. And not much has changed in those six years. Yeah, like you said, we we have kind of been more critical of the franchise and, and Saban in these last few episodes but that's only because we want to see better. We want to see them succeed. We want the franchise to be hugely popular. But we feel that the current choices being made behind the scenes are not going to result in that. And it hurts us as fans, mm-hmm. being fans for as long as we have of this franchise, seeing these perceived missteps, it hurts. And we want more. We expect more because we know that it can be more, because we have seen it be more. Together we are more. Oh, stop Uh, that nonsense. (laughs) 
in five years, Power Rangers will be reaching that 30th anniversary. We still don't know what they're going to do for the 25th. We know what they did with the 20th, and there was a lot of cool things they did for the 20th. Was it the best? Eh, but they tried. I mean, they, they launched the Legacy line, which is still going on. They've launched the deal with Shout Factory, which has proven highly successful. So there was great things that came out of the 20th anniversary, and we really don't know what they're doing for the 25th. We don't know yet. So I think the next year will be crucial for the brand, just as crucial as the Power Rangers movie was supposed to be. I just thought of something. So with the whole veil of secrecy around the 25th anniversary, you know, we haven't heard really much of anything yet. Would you prefer to be kept in the dark and then be surprised oh my God, this is amazing. Or would you prefer to know every detail and then just have your expectations met? For the 25th anniversary, I do want to be surprised. And they can save those surprises. But at the same time, I want them to start building that hype train now. Right, yeah. I, I you, this, you, can, you can build the hype and still have <laughs> surprises. I don't need to know every single detail and plan ever. Mm-hmm. for what's coming out for the 25th anniversary, because then you lose the fun of experiencing it at the time. We've got Power Morphicon coming up in the 25th anniversary. They're in the Anaheim Convention Center. I was looking at the Convention Center stuff today, like just the overall layout of it. It's huge. The Convention Center has its own freaking stadium that can have 5,000 people in it. There's got to be something that they're planning to take advantage of these facilities. Yeah. Saban Brands and Lionsgate and Bondi, they need to really step it all up and have this next year be freaking amazing and have it all culminate to the show's actual 25th anniversary celebration at Power Morphicon. Mm -hmm. That needs to be the 25th anniversary party convention to end all conventions. Exactly. And I'm of a similar mindset with you. I would love, 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 love to experience as much of the surprise as possible. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like we do need a little bit more info because we haven't gotten anything. We've gotten a little tidbit of like, oh, hey, past actors. And that's nice if true. Again, it's all rumor and conjecture at this point. Right. But we want this to be the big, huge, successful look at this 25th anniversary. Look at how much sprang forth from this 25th anniversary celebration. We just want more. We just want it all. We want it all. Yeah. I want Power Rangers to succeed. I want it to continue for future generations. I want my eventual kids to experience the magic of Power Rangers when they're young, too. Mm -hmm. And even if the show gets canceled, there's still so much I could show them. We have over 800 episodes at this point. There's a lot of content to consume for Power Rangers, but... Of course I want it to keep going. Super Sentai has been going on for 42 years now. And if Super Sentai can do it, I think Power Rangers can get there too. Mm-hmm. And that's not a Power Rangers versus Super Sentai argument. That's just my hopes. Well, speaking of hopes, Mr. Yellow asked, Beyond the 25th anniversary, what are both your hopes and actual expectations for the franchise? So I think both of our hopes are the same, right? We want this franchise to be incredibly successful, and we want to see the popularity come back up, and we want the mainstream to realize that, hey, Power Rangers 
has been around for this whole time and is still great, mostly. And we want to see this franchise become the icon in America that Super Sentai is in Japan. Absolutely. My hope is all of that. I want the show to get better creatively. I hope that it is able to find some new blood, not the same people that have been stuck in it for 10 years. And that's not to down anyone for doing their jobs. I just think that it's... It's almost like it's clear behind the scenes. Like I mentioned before, it's the little things that start adding up. When you see obvious editing mistakes in the episodes that make it to air, Mm -hmm. when there are really bad just script and story issues just in the quality of the show. And I know it's never going to be a big blockbuster primetime drama. Power Rangers is never that unless it's the new movie. But um, but the show, I think, can be better. And with the way that children's programming and kids' television is evolving, it seems like Power Rangers is not evolving. And they're mm-hmm. staying with those early 90s tropes, trying to relive that nostalgia feel with the slapstick comedy and this and that. You can have all that, but there are some real changes in television and kids programming. Kids are really smart these days and they need to have their minds engaged. And the trend of this potty humor, it's not for me and it's not for a lot of the fans who want the show to succeed. So my actual expectations for the franchise are very low right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that completely. And I want... The brand, I want the 25th anniversary to surprise me. I want it to be so mind-blowing and like all this stuff that comes out that I would hope that it raises the bar and it raises those expectations. Because for me right now, just in the way that things are going on in the past couple years, my expectations are low for the future. Yeah, I mentioned it a little bit with the previous question. My expectations are we're going to just basically have more of the same. It's going to be more of this mishandling of the material. It's going to be more of this dumbed-down juvenile humor. And we know that kids' shows can be better and do better than that. And unfortunately, I think that we're just going to kind of keep on this trend. And that is not a good way to have the franchise grow and meet those hopes that we have well it won't grow it's gonna stagnate exactly the ratings year over year have continued to decline and i know in the age of streaming media live television ratings they don't matter as much anymore i think even some of the successful quote-unquote successful shows something like sci-fi's the expanse i was checking out their ratings and their ratings are lower than power rangers But the show is amazing. But then Mm -hmm. again, they're on the sci-fi channel. There's a particular set of people that are watching that show. And I think it's found life in streaming. That's why Power Rangers, you've got every season on Netflix. I hope they keep that deal going because Netflix reaches worldwide and there's a big audience there. So you can have people continuing to 
discover the franchise and catching up on old episodes, and you've got kids watching from the beginning, you could sit a kid down every day and watch an episode of Power Rangers, and it'll take three years to get you through all of this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff for kids to watch and consume, but you compare some of those older seasons that were really of high quality, like in space, to some of the stuff that we're getting now, it just, it leaves you scratching your head. Yeah, it really does. So Vin Ariola at Bryce Packard, he asked, what do you guys think of that Bryce Packard guy? I said, well, he's great. And (laughs) he has a love of tacos that is unparalleled. (laughs) but um his real question was if you all had control over saban brands and bandai for one year what would you do whatever they aren't doing (laughs) i mean literally anything would be better exactly don't get me wrong the licensing is fine i wish it would move past mmpr but i understand that mmpr is the most recognizable version of power rangers and thus that's what every third party market wants is they want mmpr that's fine by me but in terms of first party products we need to move past mmpr thank god we finally are with zeo coming next Mm -hmm. year that has me excited because those zeo i guarantee I'm going to buy some because I love the Zeonizers. That's my stance on the marketing aspect of it. For someone like me who is in marketing, I would completely overhaul their marketing department. You can't run Ranger Nation as a retweet bot. You cannot do that. It doesn't get anything done. I would involve the fans more and not just the regular fans that you see all the time, like Bruno and Andre. Yeah, they all do great stuff. But I would celebrate the fandom as a whole. Involved contests where people can make their own costumes or Mm -hmm. make artwork or fan fiction or do a fan film contest. Do something that gets the fans and the fandom involved in celebrating the 25 years that this show has been around and use that in your marketing, make the fans feel like their voice is heard and make bigger pushes. I would get Nickelodeon on the ball and start throwing some money their way to actually promote the show and not just on social media, have actual commercials, build some hype for the kids. And if it's a contract thing, I would renegotiate the hell out of whatever viewing contract they have with Nickelodeon. Mm Because this four-month hiatus thing needs to stop. It absolutely kills any momentum you have with a new season. And production-wise, I would scrap the whole season split that we've been going on. Just return us to Classic Power Rangers, even take a year break, or have a second unit team or another side production team Start developing concepts for the upcoming years and plan out your season. If you have a plan, stick to it. None of this weird time travel continuity breaking crap that Dino Supercharge had. That ending came out of nowhere. So I would treat it like a great kids television show. Follow Voltron's example. Even Voltron right now, the third season is a shortened season But they're coming right back later in the year with more new episodes. You have to do something that keeps 
fans engaged and it keeps the kids interested and wanting more, you got to keep on top of mind because without the movie, this hiatus would have been even worse. Yeah. It would have been worse. I would really take a hard look at Saban marketing. If I was in control of Bandai, I would completely redo this Ninja Steel line or just scrap the rest of it Mm -hmm. because it's horrible and no one's buying it. That stuff's sitting on the shelves and I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on other figures because nothing is moving. If girls aren't selling, then make Ranger two packs and bundle the girls with a male Ranger and just do it that way. Do something because All I see on these shelves are just girl action figures. I would start even marketing more towards girls and do a whole girl power thing with Power Rangers. Absolutely. We really should do that because the movie celebrated the fact that here's this mixed group of boys and girls of different varying backgrounds and whatever, celebrating the fact that together we are more. Why doesn't that carry over to the show? We should be, hey, look at these cool girls who kick butt and are really smart. The marketing there should follow the model of the way the movie did, where it's like, look at how strong and competent our female characters are. Yeah, and maybe even buy a space in the girls section of toy stores. And I know that there are some initiatives to get rid of the whole boys aisle versus girls aisle, but I don't Mm -hmm. see it happening fast enough. There's still boys toys and girls toys as as that is. Then at that point, create a girls line of product, a quote unquote girls line, do something to bring more of the female audience into it, or just put more of that stuff into the girls aisle. I don't know what the answer is there, but well, I mean, I was something with with distribution and just the whole strategy needs to change. I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw on my timeline, Sapphire Steffi, friend of the show, posted that she had these old school MMPR dolls. Yeah, the Barbie dolls. Exactly, where it was the helmetless girls wearing their ranger outfits, but they came with little accessories. It was Power Rangers for girls. Mm -hmm. Why not do that again? Why not offer that to the girls who think, oh, I I don't want this action figure because I associate action figures with boys. Why not market directly to young girls with dolls if that's what they're interested in? If they're not interested in action figures, give them an alternative. Right, and Power Rangers was doing female superheroes before it was mainstream. Exactly. Exactly. So capitalize on that. Do the whole Wonder Woman, Ray from Star Wars, Captain Marvel. Do something because you have a ton of female rangers at this point. Do something like women's empowerment. Do something to inspire young girls and get more girls into the franchise. I think that's another great way because, yeah, you can be the number one boys brand, but why can't you also be like the number one girls brand if you tried? Yeah, why not just aspire to be the number one children's brand, all-inclusive? Right, exactly. And this leads into a great segue into our next segment about collecting and toys. So, Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam asks, I'm personally on the fence about stopping collecting cold turkey, or at least cutting back to a point where I'm being very specific about the amount of money I allow myself to spend annually on frivolous Power Ranger goodies. This has got me thinking a lot about possibly unloading some things due to space slash moving concerns. I know Eric recently moved, although I don't remember him getting rid of much, if anything, from his collection. 
with that prelude out of the way, my questions are, if you had to part with everything in your collections except for three items, what would they be and why? And first, I want to address my whole collection thing. I just didn't have time to get rid of some of the stuff that I wanted to get rid of in my collection. I'm sitting here in my office now with boxes piled up to the ceiling in my collection. And moving all this crap for, you know, a second or third time, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, well, do I really need all of this? And Mm. what do I really want to display? What are the main jewels of my collection and what should I keep versus what should I get rid of? So yes, that's very much on my mind. I feel the same way that Josh is. There was a point around the 20th anniversary and when I got back into collecting Power Rangers heavily, I was buying every single freaking thing that had Power Rangers anything on it. Yeah. And then, you know, over the past three years, I've just stopped doing that. I've only gone the things that I know that I want in my collection. And the majority of that is the legacy collection. And I'm still collecting the five inch figures because that's been a staple, except that one freaking year where they switched to the smaller scale with Samurai and Mega Force. And that was a disaster because yeah. none of them look great. Yeah. Um, so what would I keep? Three items. I'm gonna cheat a little I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm gonna do a category of item. I am not getting rid of anything that's been autographed. Yeah. That is way more than three items, but I've invested too much money into those autographs to simply get rid of them. So not getting rid of those. I would not get rid of any special edition Megazords that I have. Like the black and golds. I've got a couple of rare Japanese mechs that are either chrome plated or silver or gold. And Maji King complete edition. I would not get rid of my special Megazords. And then the third, the third thing I would keep, and I know I'm cheating because it's, it's like a group of items, but literally if, if you took away everything else in my collection and just left those three things of items, it would still be a nice collection, but I would be getting rid of like 75% of the rest of my collection. Mm. And so my third category, I guess, is the legacy items, like the Megazords and the roleplay weapons. I'm not mm. getting rid of those. Yeah. But with just those three categories, that means I'm getting rid of all the action figures. I'm getting rid of miscellaneous trinkets and display items and figures and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I would keep Bandai Legacy items, Special Edition Megazords, and my autograph collection. The three things I would definitely hold on to. One, obviously, would be my Legacy Helmet DVD collection that was gifted to me. I would keep that because oh, I love My media. Yep, there goes your media. Bye-bye. Um, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, you already said. It's too late. You can't go back. But, yeah, I would keep my Legacy Helmet DVD collection because having all of the series is important to me just for preservation's sake, I guess. Right. Because we don't know how long that Netflix deal is. Exactly. Two, uh, I'm going to cheat again, like you, and I'm going to keep a category. 
the category of morphers slash henshin devices. Sure. Um, because I do have some that are imported. I love the transformation stuff. The original Power Morpher was one of my favorite toys when I was a kid. And ever since then, I would always buy whatever transformation thing I could. Granted, I missed out on quite a lot because I stopped after... I think Turbo was the last morpher I had when I was a kid. And I didn't pick up again until Dino Thunder. So right. I, there's quite a few seasons of missing stuff in there. I still got to try and find good luck. <laughs> so yeah, keep the Legacy DVD collection. Keep the morphers. And I guess the third one... Gosh, I guess I just want to keep all my SPD mecha. Yeah. Because I loved that season's mecha so much. All those mega zords are awesome. All the individual zords are cool. So I would keep that stuff. My Deca Ranger slash SPD mecha collection. Okay, cool. Mr. Mike at M1 said, asks, is Zeron Zephyr the top source for high-quality Power Rangers fidget spinner reviews and demos? <laughs> and I guess so. I uh, He's the only one doing it, I guess. Uh, it still boggles my mind that they made fidget spinners of all things. Right. Although I did read today that Zeron Zephyr, he is planning to close his YouTube within a year. So we definitely wish him luck in his future endeavors, for sure. And then Togu Chris asks, What changes would you make at Bandai America to make the Power Rangers toy lines better? Not saying they're bad, but what would you do to make it even more appealing? Keep in mind factors like cost, etc. I would try, without going over budget, to keep the changers and the mecha at least semi-show accurate. Sure. It still boggles my mind that they changed the morpher for Ninja Steel. I I understand why they did it, because obviously you can have two price points and then it's more money. But honestly, for collectors and for older fans we want the show accurate stuff right well in the show they changed the morpher true they they, i think they did that to match the toy so i'm not counting that we like stuff that is show accurate we Mm -hmm. like when the megazord has the right paint apps we like when the transformations happen how they happen on the show but it's not necessarily what we like i think we give ourselves as older fans too much credit you still have to make this stuff affordable for kids true and sometimes size accurate i know it's crappy but there you go yeah i would stop with the repaints just to get auxiliary mechs that is a trend i want to die quickly because yeah. it started with Ninja Steel. I did not get the Kyuruger Sentai Mecha line in Japan, but I did collect every Zord in the Bandai line for Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge. And I really liked what they did with those exclusive Zords where it wasn't in the show, but they used one of the dinosaur power animals. And did their own almost like a Dino Thunder line where um, yeah. it wasn't in the show, but they made it into a toy. Like the Ovaraptor Zord, <laughs> which Brian Shukin Shinobi flipped out about. And it's stuff like that where I was like, wow, Bandai's really knocking it out of the park this year. And yeah. then the next year, the only way to get an auxiliary Zord is buying just a repaint of the freaking Megazord again. And you end up with all these pieces and Zords that aren't in the show. But in a bad way. Like, it's just repaints. I don't want 50 different repaints. And that's why I think that part of the line is just failing. 
If there's an auxiliary Zord, just make it a deluxe auxiliary Zord and sell it for like a $10, $15 price point on its own. That's Mm -hmm. what Japan does. They release the Megazord, and then all these other individual mechs are their own smaller price point, but they're still deluxe and they're compatible with the main Megazord. You can easily do that. It takes way less space in the stores, and I think it's just better for everyone. So I think they could waste less money and sell more if they just tweak their strategy because I think the Ninja Steel line is a really bad example of what not to do for this toy line. I really would like to know what happened behind the scenes at Bandai America Greg in between. Left. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. That's essentially what happened. Like Greg left and I don't think there was anyone of his caliber and care that stepped up and and did anything. Yeah, because like you said, the differences between the Dino Charge, Dino Supercharged line, and the Ninja Steel line is night and day. It really is. I was excited to collect for Dino Charge. I got the figures, I got the Megazord, I was so excited for all this stuff, but then, man, Ninja Steel, I don't care. I don't care one bit. The only thing I care about is the five-inch figures, and they already have a, a second wave out in, in California, but it's not reaching me because the other stuff's not selling. It's sitting on the shelves. All I see from Ninja Steel figures are the white and pink Rangers. Yeah. People are just not buying the female figures, and I think that's a, another problem that needs to be fixed. Yeah, that's for sure. Moving on, Common Ranger Bat asks... Since it's been basically confirmed that Tor won't happen, so you think a Shogun Megazord will happen? Also, do you think Pyramidus is a possibility since it's the Six Ranger Zord? Lastly, do you think Toku Chris will buy more than one if it does happen? I didn't know that there was confirmation on Tor, the Shuttle Zord. I know some of these bigger Zords, they kind of sit on the shelf for a while before they're gone forever. So... Uh, I want a Shogun Megazord to happen. Shogun Megazord is the last of the major Mighty Morphin Megazords. Yeah. And for that to get a legacy treatment would be amazing. I know it's going to be expensive as hell because basically each one of those Zords that form the Megazord is its own figure, essentially. So I know that there's going to be a ton of engineering and stuff that has to go into that. But I want it to happen. I would love Tor to come out. I've never had Tor. I know he's a big Zord, just like Pyramidus is a big Zord. And these are really tough items for retailers to accept and purchase, especially when there's five Thunder Legacy Megazords still sitting on the shelf. That's Mm -hmm. why my local Toys R Us hasn't got the black and gold Titanus, because... They're still sitting on five Legacy Thunder Zords, and those are big boxes. So, do I think Pure Mice is a possibility? It may be with Zeo coming out, but just knock out the Shogun Megazord. Oh, here's something I would do if I was Bandai America. Open a collector shop online. Yeah, yeah, that would be... I'm sorry, I, I know people joke about Premium Bandai raping their wallets, but do an American premium Bandai. Yeah, and that, that way... That would solve so many problems. That way, you sell exactly the amount that you order, that you have pre-ordered from people. People know when they expect to get it. There's no surprises. 
It's well done. You have a great item. It sells out. It's a win-win. It's a limited edition. That would be one thing I would change at Bandai is they know us as collectors exist. So cater more to us. You can still crank out all the kitty stuff, the five inch action figures, the crappy yeah. role play items. You can still keep your bread and butter for the kids, but cater a little more to collectors open a collector's web shop. If that's yeah. something they do in the 25th anniversary, amazing. I'm all for it. Holy cow. Take all my money. Yeah. And plus, if you open a shop like that, you're alleviating some of the retail space that you're taking up with, like you yes. said, these big boxes that'll allow you to get more product out on the shelf. Cause... And you eliminate the scarcity issue because I know there are many regions in the U.S. where people are just not getting these items because mm -hmm. they never stock them in their area and they miss out. Then they have to go to resort to a scalper prices. So just... Cut the middleman, do your own collector shop, and then I think everyone would win. If you want an item, you're going to pre-order and you're going to find a way to finance that. And if you don't, sorry you missed out, there's still an aftermarket third party for that. And like with a collector shop, you could probably even implement some sort of payment, payment plan. plan. Yes. Exactly. Like, and I was just thinking about that because, you know, dropping $200 for the Thunder Megazord legacy version all at once is a bit of a freaking pain in the wallet. Right. But if I could say, hey, I know this product comes out in six months time and then I can save a little from each paycheck, it doesn't feel like as big a hurt to the wallet. As long as people know when there's a deadline cut off for pre-orders, mm -hmm. people can anticipate and plan out their purchases a lot more effectively. So yeah, and if they have a problem with worried about distribution and all that stuff, then partner with Toys R Us. You guys have done it before. There's Toys R Us exclusives. Make it a combined Toys R Us premium Bandai web shop. And that way we can still use our rewards card. We can still get all the benefits. But if that were to happen, then Toys R Us really needs to step up their shipping department because it is crap. I've seen Legacy Power Sword. They just slapped shipping labels on the actual box of the product oh, and shipped it that God. way. Yeah. I would argue against partnering with Toys R Us for that very reason. I would say partner with someone maybe like Amazon uh, sure. who, who knows how to do shipping <laughs> correctly. Yeah. Noah Bowden asks, so far I've heard that the Legacy Green Ranger helmet has just been announced. Do you think they'll scale down the size a bit? Because whenever I dress up as MMPR Red with that Legacy helmet, people tell me that the helmet is way too big. No, I don't think they're going to scale it down. They came to a conclusion, a decision about the size to accommodate as many people as possible. On me, it doesn't look that big. But then again, I'm a bigger dude. Someone on Hassan, which I watched his video where he did the morphing thing with the power sword. Yeah, the helmet looks freaking huge on him. On my display, it doesn't look that bad. But no, I think they've researched the sizing enough where I don't think that they're going to change it. Yeah, like you brought up the point just there, Eric. Everyone's head body shape is different, so it's going to look different on different people. You know, for a big guy like me or like Eric, it's going to look pretty decent, right. but if you're someone more petite, it's going to look like a big bobblehead on you. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, on my wife, it looks like a bobblehead, so, <laughs> yeah. Tyler Oakley asks, 
Are the hosts as tired of milking of MMPR and the lackluster showing and handling of merch, not only for the Legacy line, but for the main series as well? I was in Walmart and they had In Space Yellow, MMPR Pink, and Ninja Storm Blue peg warming. No Ninja Steel on shelves and a few auxiliary zords from Ninja Steel in the dang clearance section. Thanks, much love. Well, that's pretty much what we all been talking about. Yeah, like Tyler literally asked the question that we've just basically answered up to this point on the show. <laughs> yeah, and to summarize, yeah, we want more seasons to be represented in the toys and legacy. Ninja Steel has failed as a toy line, especially with these auxiliary zords. It's just a trash way to get out a new Zord. And it's a $30 price point every time for those Zords. And the yeah. thing is, they did it with Dino Charge. They were able to sell those auxiliary dinos on their own mm-hmm. and compatible with the main Zord for 15 bucks, And everyone yeah. was happy. Yeah. Like I said, I loved the way Dino Charge handled things in terms of the merchandise. Because... Every time I went, I was excited to see the, oh, look, they made a Zord out of that battery or whatever the heck they were called. Right. Like, that is so cool. The Ammonite that turned into a minigun that you could put on the, like, that was so cool. It was very creative and I think very well done. Yeah, I miss Greg. That's all I'm going to say. I really miss Greg from Bandai. Moving on to our next category, which is the show slash adaptations. Excel Hedge asked, should Power Rangers have a female Red Ranger leading for a season. The only real challenge is finding someone to match body build with the Japanese suit actor like they've done with some of the past female Rangers. If Doctor Who can have a female Doctor, why not a female Red Ranger? I would love for that to happen. Unfortunately, it would have to be a very buff chick. Yeah. Uh, For a female Red Ranger. Because let's face it, aside from Princess Shinken Red from Shinkenger, it's not going to happen from Japan. Yeah, they have a very set way of doing things rooted in their own culture. And we just won't see anything like that, at least not for a very, very long time, if ever. So yeah, I think Power Rangers can pull like a Katie from Time Force kind of a thing for the Red Ranger. It would just have to be very well shot. She would have to be padded or you would have to either wait for a very effeminate Japanese Red Ranger to match the Sentai or you'd have to get a very well-built woman in the role. I don't know how else to put it. That's the only way I think you're going to get a female Red Ranger unless it's all original footage. And at that point, that's not going to happen because that's way too expensive. Yeah, exactly. He also asked, okay, not really Ranger-related, but thoughts on the new DuckTales and which Disney characters would you make Power Rangers? I have not seen the new DuckTales as much as I want to. I have watched it twice now, and I loved it. I adored it. That is the way a reboot should be done. Watched it online Saturday night when I got home from work because I was very exhausted from working all day, and I thought, I don't know, I'll catch up on that DuckTales thing that happened today. And I found myself genuinely amused and laughing at jokes that are very, I wouldn't call them adult jokes, but I would call them mature jokes. Like, sure. 
they're jokes that you would see in a comedy that isn't necessarily written for kids. And going back to what we said with the way Power Rangers is going, if Power Rangers had writing of that quality, that'd be great. But yeah, the new DuckTales is fantastic. The voice cast is great. I'll sing the praises of that show and that cast from here to eternity because that is a fantastic reboot. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to see it because they did confirm Darkwing Duck. And I freaking love Darkwing Duck since I was a kid. Let's get dangerous. I want to see that in DuckTales forever. I think I saw something like you can watch it on YouTube now. Well, then. uh, The actual Disney XD put it on YouTube or something. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yes, it is so worth it. You have to watch it so we can talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, DuckTales podcast one. Uh, Yes! In which Disney characters do you make Power Rangers? I would just reference that toy that they made in Japan where they made their own mech and just (laughs) go with that team. The it's Toy fine. Story Mecca, the combined? No, not the Toy Story Mecca, the oh, Disney oh. one. Oh, you're right, the Disney one that was like Mickey and Goofy and Donald yeah. and Pluto all, all and all of them. That. And yeah, they had their yeah. own Ranger suits. Just do that. It's fine. Yeah. Moving on. At Sentai 5 asks, what would you like to see for a Q-Ranger adaptation? Could be realistic or unrealistic ideas. I want a return to full-on continuity for Power Rangers. Connect all the past seasons. It's a space season. Connect in space. You've got the Blue Wolf guy who connected to Sirius, Doggy Kruger's planet. I was just going to say, like, I want a coalition of aliens from past seasons to be the main team. Yep. Like, get somebody who's the same race as Scorpino was to play the Orange Ranger. Bingo. Get a Triforian for the Gold Ranger or something. Yeah, exactly. Get an equation. Someone from Sirius. There's so much backstory of Power Rangers in space and... Just Power Rangers being these intergalactic protectors and rangers from other worlds. So yeah. do that with Q-Ranger. They're giving you everything. Yeah, literally. Like, this but, is the best way to do that. But, like I said, I have very low expectations for Chip Lynn and the current team that's writing the show. Yeah. So I think I, I think that, an adaptation is going to be rough for Q-Ranger. I have no expectations that they're going to connect anything to past seasons. Yeah, what we all just said about how we want this to bring in continuity, bring in past alien races to play Power Rangers, that is something that, unfortunately, we will not get because of the current behind-the-scenes staff. And I think if we do get it, I will be shocked. If, by some miracle, we get the scenario we just described, I will eat my hat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, another question from Toby Chris. He said, fun fact... Power Rangers Dino Charge originally had a story in place prior to Chiplin's hiring. He changed bits of the story, but Supercharge was his 100%. Given how much he claimed it would be the best ever and how it was, does that change your impression of his ability? Absolutely. Yeah, I agreed 100%. Uh, You know, we had such a great first segment of the season with Dino Charge. Dino Charge was fantastic. But Dino Supercharge came in and nearly ruined all of the goodwill that the series had built up to that point. Yeah, it was a train wreck. And I remember that one San Diego Comic-Con where they had the Power Rangers panel, and he was saying, oh, wow, you know, some of these episodes would be the best of all the franchise, and this and that. And I was like, oh, whoa, yeah, like, awesome. And then we got, we saw the episodes, we saw Supercharge, we harped on that show so much Because it was a disaster. And I don't know how much of that is 
Chip Lynn. Apparently, it's 100% his. That's the thing. He's the executive producer. He has final say on all these decisions. Yes, there is a writing team, but at the end of the day, he's the proving every, everything. Yeah. So, no, I'm not impressed with Chip Lynn. Yeah. I want to say something, Chip, that I've heard many times in my life. Son, your mother and I aren't angry. We're just disappointed. <laughs> You had all this potential and you squandered it. Yeah, and we're seeing the same beats in Ninja Steel. Missing dad, there's a evil ranger, blah, 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 mysterious crap, and then a big MacGuffin that gives us our powers. It's tired and it needs a change. Yeah. And I don't think Chiplin's the guy to do it. That's why I mentioned earlier, let's get some new blood. Power Rangers has done well with new executive producers. I know a lot of people didn't like the Kalish explosions and all that stuff. But when you look back on his seasons, you know what? It's better than what we're getting. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I'm looking fondly back at the Catalyst era, and man, and, there was some good episodes. And and Doug Sloan with yeah. Dino Thunder. Yeah, that Doug was Sloan. Amazing. Dino Thunder was great yeah and i'm not saying oh yeah just hire doug sloan again i'm so done with people that were done with power rangers and then they came back to power rangers i don't want to do that anymore just find a new executive producer find new talent find better editors that aren't going to put two codas in a morphing sequence and don't hire interns as your lead writing staff and i know you want to keep it in new zealand and you want to keep it cost effective but just bring some new blood in. Just fly some new people into New Zealand. Just do something where, just to make the show better, I know it's just such an easy, put it on auto drive and break in the money. It's so easy to do that, and that's what they're doing. But creatively, the show is suffering hardcore. So yeah, Dino Supercharge being 100% his, yeah, I'm not impressed, Chip. I'm not. And I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. We're not saying this to be mean. We're just saying this because it's true and we want better. We expect better of a franchise we know that can be better. Yeah. Sollyman underscore D said, describe your ideal Power Rangers anniversary season storyline and who do you love to see return? Yeah, if you want us to go for another hour into this uh, podcast, yeah, sure. Geez, um, that, that could be a whole episode by itself. Which maybe we can do, you know, as a lead up to the 25th anniversary. But I will say this. I think a good Power Rangers anniversary season, it doesn't have to rely so heavily on the past. You can have it be standalone. I know a lot of people give Overdrive flack. I think that's mainly due to the acting. But there's one thing that Overdrive had, which not a lot of series before or since had, which was an ongoing plot mission that continued from episode to episode. Like, one episode would end, and the next episode they would begin like, oh yeah, we just got done with that mission, but it's leading us to this thing. That's a good way to have an anniversary season. You have your team-up episode that brings up past Rangers, and you do references to past seasons. Operation Overdrive referenced... Mystic Force with Fireheart, which was the scale that powered the Defender Vest in Operation Overdrive. It's little things like that where you can self-reference and do like a wink-wink to the audience, but it's not critical to the plot of the show. You don't need to know that Fireheart was a dragon, that blah, blah, blah. You just know that, oh yeah, you know, I knew this guy and... 
there's this dragon scale and it's pretty cool. There you go. But if you watch Mr. Force, you'd be like, oh my God. So I think a good Power Rangers anniversary season, it can do its own storyline, but you can still connect it to the past and have your payoff be a big team up. We're only nine episodes into Ninja Steel. And I know Ninja Super Steel is going to be the big anniversary celebration, we hope. And I don't know what they're going to do. I I don't know if they're going to thread those seeds. I don't know which Rangers are returning, whatever. But I think a good Power Rangers anniversary season can stand on its own, but still reference the past. Yep. You know, we've seen good anniversary stuff done before. Forever Red. Yep. Just give us something original but does have that sly wink and nod like you mentioned that we can enjoy as longtime fans i'm excited to see anyone return for power rangers oh yeah for sure and if they got their sag union issues cleared up i'd love to see aaron cahill come back she's talked about it before about wanting to come back but she really can't because she's not going to jeopardize her career for a show. I would love to see Aaron Cahill back. She's a sweetheart in person. She was fierce as Jen. Jen was a bad character in Time Force. I would love to see her return for sure. Obviously, you're going to have Jason David Frank back. That's kind of a given now at this point. But I'd like to see anyone come back and get more than two or three lines. That's why for as much crap as Operation Overdrive gets, Once a Ranger wasn't that terrible. (laughs) But you gave Adam a purpose. You could see the evolution of Adam's character. And to have someone from Mighty Morphin that wasn't Tommy was great. It was awesome. Yeah, and I always love it when those characters come back in a mentor-type role. Yes. Where they're like, hey, I've been through what you're going through. I know it's tough. Hang in there. You're going to find the power within yourself or some other BS. When they do that with the characters, it makes my fandom heart swell three times <laughs> the size. So just just do that stuff, man. Do the stuff that works and that we love and that makes us feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah, and you know what? If you're going to bring Jason David Frank back... Bring back his Dr. O personality. That was the best version of Tommy. He was such a great mentor. You could tell he had all this experience. But, you know, then Super Mega Force comes along and it's like, yeah, Green Ranger's back. And you're like, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying bring back Black Dino Thunder Ranger. Of course they're going to put him in the green or the white. But show the evolution of Dr. O, you know? He was a great mentor in Dino Thunder because he was a past ranger. But he didn't over-flaunt it, and he let the kids take control, and he was there to help when needed. Yeah. So, yes, strong mentor, good standalone storyline, great team-up. That's all I really need in a Power Rangers anniversary season. I'm not going to go into a storyline because maybe we'll do that for another episode. So, yeah. (laughs) We're moving on to our Power Morphicon segment. We only have one question. Uh, It's pretty funny, though. Uh, Charlie Shields asks, At PMC, are there any places slash events one could get completely faced and create nights that are worth regretting? I'm asking for a friend. Backs off whistling. (laughs) Um, More other ever. Someone ask Hector. (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) There's always room parties. Exactly. Um, 
there are always events and things like that you can stumble into. Uh, Lord knows I did at PMC 2014. There's absolutely fun slash maybe regrettable times to be had. <laughs> I know none of them are going to be mentioned by Paramorphicon itself. There are no official events like that. That is all yes. stuff that flops under the radar. And as far as places, it's Anaheim now. I've never been to Anaheim. I don't know Anaheim. I don't know where the local hotspots are for that, aside from Disney. I did double-check where the convention center is in relation to, like, where Disney is. It's across the dang street. I I know. Uh, (laughs) I'm telling other people who don't know. But, yeah, downtown Disney has a very active, like, nightlife kind of vibe. There's shops, there's restaurants, there's bars i think do you need the general mission to access all that or is there downtown downtown disney is like universal city walk you don't have to pay to get into the park it's an open space where there's shops Uh, and restaurants and things like that and you know i've done it many years ago when i went with my sister we went to downtown disney for dinner because they had a i think it was rainforest cafe we went and ate dinner at um so there's there are places in the immediate vicinity where you can go and have a good time and, and get a drink or five and um room parties are always a thing room parties are always a thing exactly just stick with your friends and you'll be fine Mm -hmm. and now we're going to move into our last segment which is kind of some more miscellaneous questions tommy brevard jr at kid flash dbn asks what is your dream ranger slash sentai team and why and i'm just we're just going to knock it out here. Uh, Shadow Ranger, White Ranger, Billy the Blue Ranger. I'm going to go with Xander from Mystic Force, Mystic Force Green. I'm going to go with Jen from Time Force. Yeah, good one. And I'm going to go with Ashley from In Space. Boom. For me, I would go with Billy, Blue Ranger, Cam from Ninja Storm, Green Ranger. Nice. Uh, and as the sixth Ranger, probably as well. Xander, you mentioned Xander. Alexander, he had a great charisma to him. I would go with Bridge from SPD. I'm going with all the green on my team. I don't know. Blue and green. Hey, for, mix. Forever Green. Why forever not? Green. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go with that. Because I just like a team. Forever that... Green. <laughs> oh, no. No. I like a team that is an equal mix of entertaining and charismatic, but also intelligent. Much like myself. Thank you. So. Wow. I think. Okay. <laughs> And let's not forget humble. Humble also. Humble yes. all the time humble. Um, <laughs> ego? Me? What? No. Uh, so yeah, just a mix of like the really entertaining charismatic rangers and the really intelligent problem-solving rangers. That's a good choice. I like it. All right. Kevin Roland and Kevin M. Roland 1 asks, pick any ranger team to battle a villain of your choice from any universe and explain why. So let's just take our dream teams from the okay. last one. Yeah. Who would the villain be that they have to fight from any universe? Oh, man. I'm trying to think of, like, a good big bad that isn't overwhelmingly going to just wipe the floor with the team. I would want my team to fight Ultron. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's tough, but if they're smart, they can beat him. Yeah. I'd have to go with my favorite Batman villain, the Riddler. My super smart team versus the Riddler in a game, a literal battle of wits, that would be fantastic. I like that. That's very cool. Patrice at the Macabre Chap, he said, are you guys fans of Subaraya's Ultra series, Ultraman series? If so, which season is your favorite? Unfortunately, I haven't watched enough Ultraman to really give an opinion of this. I've seen bits here and there. 
I know it's a big thing. I just, I haven't watched the series from beginning to end. Yeah, I haven't. I've watched even less. Uh, I think I've maybe seen all of a grand total of one minute of Ultraman series footage in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. So yeah, I have no I, valid opinion on Ultraman. I know it is more accessible now because Crunchyroll has the newer seasons. I do have a DVD of one of the older seasons, just haven't got around to it. So I know it's very culturally significant and genre significant. I heard that the newest Ultraman series, Ultraman Geed, is using powers of past Ultramen. Oh, that's so, neat. I would watch that. Yeah, so I heard that's a good, kind of a good entry point. It's like the go of Ultraman. So that's a thing. That's I, neat. Yeah, and it's on Crunchyroll. It's easily accessible. So I think I would start with that if you're like me and don't know anything about it. Well, I know, I mean, I know about it. I just haven't watched any of it. That's Yeah, thing. I mean, I get the concept and I understand some of the story, but I don't understand most yeah. of it. <laughs> well, that does it for our show this week, our extra episode. We want to thank everyone who participated in asking us a question. You can ask us a question at any time at ask.fm slash rangercommandph. You can always tweet us, comment on Facebook through any one of our channels, leave us a message through our contact form on our website, do any of that. We always like to answer your questions. We have a very great listener base that provides some really thought-provoking questions. So we really thank you guys for letting us create episodes like this and especially through Patreon. So next week is our big 100th episode, and I'm really counting on Chris for this one. <laughs> so if it gets delayed or anything, I'm going to blame him. So <laughs> Sounds like a good strategy. Yeah, but whenever it comes out, hopefully next Saturday, by the time you listen to this, it will be our 100th regular episode. And when that airs, that means we'll have a total of 131 episodes that we've done. And we just want to thank all of you guys for listening and participating. It really surprises me uh, every time how much response that we get from these comments. And we do it to give you guys a voice in the fandom, and we really appreciate all your support. So, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. Again, we're on Twitter at rangercommandph, on Facebook and Instagram at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. We're also on YouTube at rangercommandpowerhour. Again, ask us a question at sifm slash rangercommandph. Just look up Ranger Command. You'll find us. We have all the links to everything on our main website at rangercommand.com and until our 100th episode we'll say goodnight have a good one guys you've been listening to the ranger command power hour only on the four-eyed radio network you can catch a new episode every other saturday find us on the morphing grid at www.rangercommand.com follow us on twitter at Ranger Command PH and like us on Facebook.com slash Ranger Command Power Hour. 
This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 